Hi, welcome to After the Crisis with Victoria. On this podcast, we talk about stress, trauma, plain old bad days, and how those events impact the way in which we walk through the world. Everyone needs to be heard, and I am here to listen. Together, we will find realistic, healthy ways to turn our setback into a comeback. If you're a person who has ever endured difficult times, which have left you feeling disconnected from your authentic self, a little bruised, or even a little broken, this podcast is for you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to After the Crisis with Victoria. I'm your host, Victoria English Martin, and I'm happy to have a special guest here today. Her name is Jocelyn Harvey. Jocelyn got sober in 2016 while she was in her 20s, and since then has been writing and sharing about recovery, healing, and spirituality three of my favorite topics. She is a big believer of practicing radical acceptance alongside growth, leaning into compassion, and going with the flow. She's also the author of a decluttering guide for sober women called Recovering the Home and has recently started a podcast called Soul and Mindset. So Jocelyn, thanks for being here. Thanks for accepting my invitation to be a guest. Yes, thanks for having me. Yeah, these are all things I love to talk about. Recovery, healing, spirituality, radical acceptance, such great stuff. And I love your social media posts. They're so inspiring and also just so honest and real. I really appreciate you being a voice for others to just accept who we are, where we are, and where we're going. So why don't you start by just telling me a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I currently live in Burlington, Vermont, 29 years old. So haven't gone out of the 20s yet, but uh, almost there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my life just really changed in a big way once I got sober. Very much one Mm -hmm. of those chapters, you know, life before sobriety and life after sobriety and getting sober I always mess it up. I think it was right before my 25th birthday. Yeah. It's already such a weird time of change. I call your 20s, your second puberty, everything like your body's changing. (laughs) You're changing. So it was a really tumultuous time anyway. But I just can't imagine what it had been like if I hadn't gotten sober. Was there a defining moment that helped you decide to get sober? Because that's a very young age. My son struggled with addiction in his teens. He's now 21 and has been sober for nearly three years. But he went through some really, really hard stuff to get to that point. And I'm always just so proud and amazed by people who get who get it at such a young age. So was there a defining moment for you? Did it take a while? It took a while. I think like a lot of people who get sober young too, like you've went through some pretty big things because you have to hit those to not say, oh, it's just a phase. When I was 19, actually, I didn't drink for five months after something pretty big happened. And Mm -hmm. I just thought I'm in college, I'll grow out of it. And I was kind of fine for a while. It took a few years to catch up with me again. But yeah, I had some, there wasn't just one thing that said, nope, I can't do this anymore. But I had just really bad mental health. I just absolutely terrible mental health. When I got to the end, I was so sick a lot of the times that I could only eat once a day. So Mm -hmm. there was just really a lot that brought me there. But at the same time, I was at a place where I was thinking, I need to become 
a functioning alcoholic. This is just what I need to do to continue going. I totally had that dependency and it was starting to get very physical as well. And it's strange, but I just woke up one day in January and just said, I can't do this anymore. But there were definitely some pretty hefty things that happened to get me there. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think, as you know, I mean, the marketing of alcohol especially now to women, you know, tells us that we need alcohol to manage anxiety and stress and other manifestations of what can be just normal life stress or mental health conditions. And, you know, they sell it as this magical elixir that it's going to make things better. And it just, it's like pouring gasoline on your anxiety and stress. So I think, for you to have gotten that at such a young age is great. It took me a lot longer. (laughs) But the changes that come about and the peace of mind are incredible. I wonder if, if like me, when I stopped drinking, when I finally just said, I can't do this anymore, I felt like 50% of my brain capacity opened up because I was wasting so much mental energy trying to be a functioning alcoholic, (laughs) you know, trying to make it somehow work in my life. And when I finally just gave up, all this creativity came around and and I had all these great ideas of what I wanted to do. And I was like, wow, I'm saving myself a lot of energy and using it in a lot better ways. So did you find the same thing? Oh, totally. I didn't have to hide my drinking from anyone. Uh, Towards the end, I did have a roommate that I hid it from a little, but I could be pretty open about it. But Mm I used to actually have a spreadsheet And I would put in it, okay, on Mondays, I'm allowed to drink this type of alcohol and on Tuesdays, this. And like, I drove myself crazy. And yeah, just always figuring out the right amount of alcohol. Like I can still do alcohol math in my head when people are like, I had four glasses of wine last night. I'm like, you had a bottle. You had a bottle. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, when I stopped drinking, it was over a weekend. And on Monday, when I went into work, I felt like death. It was like all my hangovers had hit me at once. Uh-huh. And then by Wednesday, I had so much energy, so much so that when I walked in, one of my coworkers turned around and was like, you have a pep in your step. I really, I, I'm very fortunate that I had the pink cloud right when I got sober because I was mm-hmm. in such a place, such a dark place with my depression mm-hmm. that it just, it did. It felt like a complete like 180. And oh, I yeah. remember getting in my car once and just like whooping from being just someone who just didn't want to get out of bed most days and didn't even want to yeah. live a lot of the time to like yeah. having all this energy from not drinking on a daily basis. It was beautiful. And then the anxiety did catch up with me because I never thought of myself as an anxious person. And then Mm -hmm. once I stopped drinking, it was very apparent. But when I look back at my life, I could see, oh, when I was 11 and I was scared to get on the bus one day and was sick to my stomach and I've been anxious my entire life. But overall, like a lot did open up to me right away. It was Mm -hmm. wild how that happens. Yeah. And then how did you come into this journey that you're on now with inspiring other people, you know, you, you wrote this book, which sounds fascinating, <laughs> Recovering the Home. Is that like a, a book on organizing your home? Yeah. So it's more a decluttering book, but yeah, it touches a little into organizing and it's maybe you did this too when you uh, were newly sober, spending a lot of time in the house, just like going through stuff and making sense oh, yeah. of everything. So yeah, it's it's really about seeing now that I'm sober, the things that I have in my life is this 
does this still make sense now that I'm sober? Like some things are really obvious. Like, do I need all these uh, alcohol bottles still on the fridge anymore? Probably right, not. Right, right. But then, you know, just like the little things, stuff that has, you know, memories attached to it. And mm-hmm. yeah, I wrote that in last year, 2019. And I mean, immediately once I got sober, I started writing about my recovery online because I've always been a writer and an oversharer, which is kind of just like normal sharing now. But, you know, back in the day was a little oversharing, considered oversharing, just because I just wanted to let other people know that we all go through or a lot of us go through really hard things and that we're not alone. And especially with mental health, like people, it's not like people didn't talk about it, but it's still like a few years ago, things have changed really quickly. Like I wanted to say, Hey, as someone that you might've seen as like relatively put together, had like a nice Mm -hmm. car job, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like I still had Mm -hmm. suicidal thoughts. (laughs) Like that's what that can look like. It doesn't have to, you know, be a certain way. So that's really how I got started. And then throughout the 2019 was where I was really starting to get into my groove and getting that confidence back and passion and that zest in my life that it's not that it wasn't there my first few years, but I was, you know, you're just kind of trying to cobble your life back together and work on mental health stuff. And then I started saying like, you know, I don't, I don't, I sometimes think that this can happen in the recovery space is that, you know, we remember like the bad things that happen, but we can just like stay stuck in all that like bad stuff and rehashing it. And I think there's a beauty in sharing that it's not all rainbows and sunshine, but I also knew I needed to get out of that and started start talking about the joy and the happiness in my life and not have it not have to do some like qualifier about the bad things that had happened either. So that's right. when I really started to making that new switch to soul and mindset. I actually recently got rid of my old recovery account. It was just time to let that go. Uh-huh. That's just how I made that transition. And even on this new account, it's definitely not like love and light positivity all the time, but I just mm-hmm. needed to move what I was talking about. Yeah, that makes sense. It doesn't have to be just about war stories and how bad it got. And and I think people like us sharing our stories, number one, it gives a face to it that, you know, I look like every other mom and <laughs> you know, nothing happened to my children. I always took great care of them and they were fed and clean and all of that, but I was struggling privately. And it's important also, you know, that we don't focus on the war stories and how bad it got. Instead, I like to think that I'm helping people change their perspective of, you know, it doesn't have to get so bad. It's really just a question of, is this habit serving you? Are you your best version of yourself when you're caught up in this habit? So, you know, kind of changing the face of what it looks like as, as in regard to mental health, you know, substance abuse, things like that. And like I said, on your post, I really love how it is love and light. But you also, I love the post you shared, I think it was last week or the week before about, you know, just not trying to push down the bad feelings when they come. I think that was something I I struggled with. If I was feeling anxious or depressed, I was like, oh, but other people have it worse. I have to be grateful, you know? And and it's like, I loved your post. If if you could just tell us a little bit about that, because I I thought that was really powerful. People need to hear that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I'm actually, after six weeks, maybe finally on the other side of that post. I mean, I posted it last week, but I was just going through some emotions, Mm -hmm. some feelings that I was uh, 
sitting in, I don't want to say I was playing around with sitting in it, but just Mm -hmm. in spirituality and also in the recovery world, there's kind of this like feel your feelings, but only for a day. You don't want to slide back into those habits. How can we have gratitude? And there's just some things that happen. And the thing that had happened to me, it needed that time and that space to come through. Mm -hmm. And to be honored and not repressed. I spent a lot of my yeah. life repressing feelings. I yes. think a lot of people do that. And that it was okay to be angry and to have some rage around the situation and to be frustrated. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the grand scheme of my life, let's say I make it to 80, like spending six weeks sort of in and out of anger, like it's not the worst thing in the world. And I just think that's a message that needs to be put out there too is, I don't know, this is kind of another thing I've seen in myself and others is when things come up that like aren't really a big deal, I think we put a lot of energy towards that. But then the things that are really big and bad, we're like, nope, nope, it's fine. Like, like you said, other people have it worse. Like, let's let it go. And we're trying to switch that and be like, how can we actually just let go of like the piddly stuff and really focus loving intention on the stuff that really matters in our life. Um, And I finally had the conversation I needed to have. And it felt like, oh, finally, We've moved through that. I've grown through that. But it was really hard. It doesn't feel good, but it's better than the alternative. Yes, it's authentic. And in going through it and really allowing yourself to feel it, you can, you can, like you said, you can heal from it and learn from it instead of stuffing it down. And it just kind of festers and shows up as something ugly in the future. And in recovery too, like it's a, I wouldn't say a curse, but just, you know, it's a blessing and a curse is that we really feel this stuff, but we, we don't have alcohol to lean back on. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people do to try to calm that stuff. You just recover, yeah. you got to feel it and get comfortable feeling it. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's not that backup. No, there's not that backup, but there's also not the increased anxiety and headache and yeah. <laughs> Jane the next day. So <laughs> it's better. It's better. <laughs> but yeah, I, I saw a meme once. It was funny. It's like, so I got sober and now I feel everything. That's great. Thanks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> True. And there's a saying I, I heard once that those of us in recovery, it's almost like we are born with our skin turned inside out. Mm-hmm. We feel everything so much. We're sensitive and we, you know, we, we just feel so much. And that's part of the reason we, you know, are often led to self-medicating. And I really, that statement really stuck with me because I've kind of felt that way my whole life, you know, like, why, why do I feel everything so much? And, uh, you know, just learning to accept it and go with it. And there's, but there's such, there's such potential for wisdom and, I mean, you are wise well beyond your years. The stuff that you're sharing on your post, I'm like, how is she so young? (laughs) But great. Talk to me a little bit about what radical acceptance means to you. Radical acceptance to me means not feeling like a terrible person because of the choices I make or the things that I do. Mm -hmm. And to simplify that, For example, like I used to, like I'm a napper, especially in the summertime. Uh And I used to feel such shame about that. It's like these little things, but they can just really start to build up in us. Like, you know, like I'm so lazy that I do this or, oh, I never can stick to this workout schedule or this ever. And just the things that we get down on ourselves about and just 
being able, even though it seems so simple, hard though, being able to say, you know, that's that's okay that I'm not great at this. Maybe in the future I'll be quote better at it. Maybe uh-huh. I won't, but that's okay because that little stuff is just really what can eat us up over yeah. time. And especially as women too, we we're told that everything we do is wrong and bad. And just we can get yeah. into that habit of just trying to fix everything and just being okay with like, is it really that bad that I take naps? Is it really that bad that I don't stick to this workout schedule? Is that right. the worst thing in the world about me? And uh, sometimes there's like that thing when you, the curious paradox is that when I accept myself, that's when I'm able to change. And sometimes when you accept yourself, you're able to move on in a more loving, nurturing way, rather than this, you know, beating yourself down the path of growth. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah, I try not to say things to myself that I wouldn't say to my best friend or a stranger on the street. (laughs) And that was a big turnaround for me. I thought, you know, would I say this to any other person about them, about, you know, this comment about them, then why am I doing it to myself? You know, so just a little bit of self-compassion can go a long ways. And you're right. Oftentimes having that acceptance is what can lead to the positive change or an acceptance that maybe, maybe I don't need to change it. It's not that big a deal. I'm going to go take a nap. I practice it a lot with meditation because it's one of those things I'm off and on and off and on. And finally, I say, you know, there's other things in my life that I do that I know calm myself and center myself. So if I can't meditate for 20 minutes, oh, well. Yeah. What are some things you do that besides meditation that you enjoy to help stay centered and focused? Cleaning and organizing. So it's no surprise that I wrote that book. And sometimes I do it from a place of control as well. But uh, for the most part, cleaning, you know, doing the dishes, it's just a way to center me and to relax. And it's active, but I'm not really using my brain when I do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, walks is a really big one. I've been off the walking a little, especially since it's been so humid here in Vermont this summer, even early in the mornings, but going on walks, listening to podcasts. And recently, I've just been trying to carve out just 15 minutes of not necessarily, you know, silent seated meditation, but just lying in bed and looking up at the ceiling and just letting everything, (laughs) you know, thoughts come through or just decompress, playing around with that. You know, when I was growing up, we, you know, obviously we had television, but there was not really social media and we were just better at being bored and all the fun things that pop up. So every so often I have to remind myself that it's okay to not be on three different screens at once. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's a big deal. I've cut back on my screen time a lot in the past probably month and a half, just because I don't know if it's because I'm sober or since I completed cancer treatment or what it is, but I have a high sensitivity to anything toxic and it's almost like it bounces away. Like I just, I can't have it around me. And I was just finding that the screens were getting too, too negative. So um, Mm -hmm. I've turned off a lot of that and just, I do a lot of the podcasting, listening to podcasts and things like that. And yeah, cleaning is not my thing. So 
<laughs> it's not most people's and it's not like my house is spotless if I were to like turn around you'd be like really you like cleaning but maybe that's why I keep things kind of messy I always have something Here to do <laughs> for my yeah to bring me back down so <laughs> that's funny tell me about your podcast Yes. So my podcast, Soul and Mindset, is an extension of my Instagram account and that has the same name. Mm -hmm. And as a writer, it's really hard to fit everything into those 2,200 characters you get on Instagram. So Mm -hmm. it is a place where I can expand the things I want to talk about, especially the things that I think can be like a slight disservice if you just try to do a short post Mm -hmm. on Instagram. But at the same time, I wanted my podcast to be a little different, especially as a solo podcast as of right now. And I want my episodes to be pretty short, digestible, have action steps. Since I listen to podcasts, I'm used to listening to hour long ones. But sometimes when you got like five going, I'm like, I just how do I fit this into my life? So I most of them are under 30 minutes. Most of them actually are under 20 minutes. So something that you can just really get in and get out because that is how I've been taking my spirituality and trying to set myself apart is I love reading. Mm -hmm. I love school. I was very academic and bookwormy, but I sometimes, again, see it in myself and others, this like, oh, I can't do this thing or practice this idea until I read like 12 articles and five books on it. And how do I do this? And sometimes it's just you need to go out and start doing it rather than keep digesting information from a bunch of different people. So that's why I didn't want to get too long in the podcast episodes. And then also for myself, it's so much easier to edit a uh, 20 minute long episode. For sure. That's for sure. That's great. Are you thinking going forward? Are you thinking about doing more writing professionally? Are you planning on, have you thought about doing more books or anything like that? I would love to at some point. I put it out there. I'm like, come on, book deal. And I, I feel it like hovering around <laughs> just uh-huh. with the people following and interacting. But I, if not next year, the year after, just at a point where if I do start working for myself, I ha- the, the business has some some momentum going for it that I can take time to set aside for writing. Mm-hmm. Really, the big thing that I'm doing next is courses. I have my first one coming out in September, which I'm really excited about. I haven't really talked about it too much. I actually just did the pre-work video, the pre-work welcome video for it early this morning. Oh, wow. (laughs) So that's kind of the big thing. But I'm someone, too, that I like to spread my interests around because if I get bored of one thing, I want something else to hop onto to keep it going. Yeah. Oh, that sounds exciting. Yeah. You're going to have a lot to offer. Um, Remind me where people can find you online. So my Instagram handle is at soul underscore and underscore mindset. Okay. My podcast is soul and mindset, and that's on all the major platform hosts, iTunes, Spotify, et cetera. And then my website is soulandmindset.com. Okay. Great. That's going to be posted, you guys, in the show notes. And I really hope you will follow Jocelyn. Her posts are beautiful. She posts beautiful pictures. And just like I said, wise beyond her years. I really enjoy reading your content. And uh, maybe I'll give your book a shot. (laughs) Do it, do it. (laughs) 
I'll try. Well, you know, it has been a lot easier to clear out our closets now that we all live in um, whatever we're living in. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, ah, well, I didn't wear that last summer. I'm certainly not wearing it this summer. I'm going to donate it. <laughs> By the time we get to wear fashion again, it's all going to be new, new fashion. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going to be so different. I went out somewhere, one of the first kind of shopping trips on Church Street. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is like a cute outfit. This is fine. And then I went back afterward. I'm like, it's not terrible, but this clearly shows that I just haven't been like dressing up to go anywhere for a while, just kind of out of habit. Oh yeah, I know. I was I don't know if I told this to you on the phone the other day. I was going somewhere, probably Target or the grocery store. That's the only place we go, right? And um I had on like some clean sneakers, a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. And I had put a little makeup on and my husband and daughter are like, Whoa, where are you going? <laughs> Out to have fun. Fancy you look. I'm like, I put on some mascara. That's <laughs> We've all gotten so used to seeing each other. Just, you know, whatever. But, um, well, I thank you for being here. And like I said, guys, all of Jocelyn's, accounts will be posted in the show notes. So I hope you'll follow her. She's just got a lot to offer and she's still so young and has a lot ahead of her. And I know is uh, just going to continue to make a difference. And my thank you for making a difference in my life. Your posts are, are inspiring and, and have helped me. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And I'll send you a copy of the book. So even if you oh. don't get around to it, like in the in the near future, it'll be there for you. Okay, good. Good. I appreciate that. Well, have a beautiful, blessed day. Stay cool in the summer heat. It's uh, been in the high 90s out here in Denver. So I feel your pain. And I'm a Florida girl. So I know about humidity. <laughs> Yeah, but I look forward to following you and tuning into your podcast. And thank you so much. Yes, thanks so much for having me. Okay, take care. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks for listening to After the Crisis with Victoria. For more about me, how I can serve your needs, and links to our special guests, please subscribe to this podcast and visit victoriaenglishmartin.com. Also, come on over to our free Facebook group, and join our community after the crisis with Victoria. I'm offering access to fun, healthy, and thought-provoking content. Additionally, you'll find exclusive programs, workshops, and one-on-one coaching. Until next time, count your blessings, not your burdens. And remember, there is life after the crisis.